This is the Fireman Trainers Podcast, Season 2, Episodes 13, published on November 29th, 2021. I'm your host, Rob Beckman, and our topic today is starting your own podcast. Our podcast is part of the concealedcarry.com network, brought to you by XS Sites, the best sites in any light, and they're also made in the USA. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering in promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by the Concealed Carry Gun Tools app. The best resource for any firearm instructor and their students is also free. Available for both Apple and Android devices. Search your app store for Concealed Carry Gun Tools today and download this free app. Find maps, gun businesses near you, legal summaries, articles, videos, training logs in this podcast. Don't miss a beat on the industry. Download the app today. We bring this podcast support in the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Lee Weems from First Person Safety. Welcome, Lee. How are things going today? I'm doing well, Rob. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's uh we come and fall here in Cincinnati right before the snow starts falling, and it's a great time to be outside, and I love to be in the woods this time of year, too, um, just not when it gets into the bitter cold. Well, here in Georgia, we're in that odd time of year where we have to run the heater in the morning and the air conditioning in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, the air conditioning is turned off up here. I mean, we're, we're into furnace weather. Just depends on how much the fur- furnace runs at this time of year, so... Not bad. Hey, Lee, before we uh, jump into our topic today, can you give our listeners a little bit of who uh, Lee Williams is and uh, what you do? Well, I have been a peace officer here in the state of Georgia for going on 23 years. January will be 23. Uh, I am currently the training director for a sheriff's office in northeast Georgia. I've been in that position since January the 1st. And I remember that date because that's when the term for the current sheriff began. Under the previous sheriff, for 12 years, I was the chief deputy, which is second in command of of the sheriff's office. But that's an appointed position. And when that sheriff retired, a new sheriff was elected. He came in and appointed his own command staff and graciously allowed me to stay on as the training director for the sheriff's office. So now uh, I do nothing but teach full time for the sheriff's office, except for when I needed to go help do something else. And then part time, I'm a uh, adjunct assistant professor of political science for a college here in Georgia as well. And then I have my own training company that is called First Person Safety, and I'm on staff with Range Master. Great. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today. And the reason we wanted to have you come on today is you recently began um, a podcast, accidentally probably at first, but um, you started your own podcast, which I know a lot of the instructors that are out there have asked me from time to time, you know, how'd you get into doing podcasting? How hard is it? All those types of things. And I thought you'd be a perfect guest to go along and talk about that and, you know, kind of uh, set the record straight as far as which you had to go through and just how difficult it is or not in order to start your uh, podcast uh, accidentally. Well, thank you. Um, I already mentioned that I was the chief deputy for 12 years. And as part of that position, I was the public information officer, which means if you Google my name, you would come up with two or three pages of results of me talking to reporters about, you know, fatal crashes, homicides, horrible things that have occurred or reminding people to lock their doors, et cetera. And you wouldn't be until about page three of the Google results before you would start finding anything about my firearms training business. 
And so I began looking for a way to generate some content uh, so that I yeah, was basically going to create video content and some more print media that would, would show up in the search results. And so I initially started putting out little video clips on Facebook and YouTube and occasionally Instagram. And some of those were starting to uh, get some pretty good responses back from some other instructors. And so I was asking them to send me video clips and response. And then I was piecing those together and putting those back out. And I called those stop and think videos where I present a little topic, uh, you know, for us to stop and think about, have a little critical thought on the internet if that's possible. Mm-hmm. And it very became apparent very quickly that just doing a Zoom interview was easier than trying to swap video clips back and forth. And so we started doing some of what I called the response videos as Zoom interviews. Well, those are all put out the YouTube and Facebook video, et cetera. And I started getting requests from some of the viewers like, hey, can you put this in audio, audio podcast form so I can listen to them in my car you know, as I'm driving or, or at work? And so I began searching for platforms for how to do that. And Carl Reno, who I believe is a previous guest on your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Carl's uh, been on. Great trainer down in uh, the Giddings, Texas area. Uh, KR training, uh, Carl pointed me towards Anchor. And so Anchor is the hosting service that I use for the audio versions of the podcast, which is, by the way, it's named That Weems Guy. So it's very hard to, to find That Weems Guy. Just Google that and you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, Anchor does not charge a hosting fee. Like there's no monthly service fee that you have to pay to, to store content there and there aren't a lot of limits as far as size and data storage Uh, anchor also distributes to all of the major podcast feeds such as google apple uh, spotify it's actually owned by spotify um, uh, and several of the others overcast pulls from apple so we're on about six or seven platforms with that Um, and so that goes out you can find those in the in the audio format once you get to a certain number of, of what they call your audience and their analytics, you can start recording ads and inserting them into your audio podcast. And the first one you record is for Anchor. So Anchor's looking for content. So if, you, if you're out there and you think you've got a show idea, uh, Anchor will be a place that I would suggest that you go. That's good. You use Anchor. I use the concealedcarry.com as my back end. So you need somebody to be your hosting provider for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I had done uh, back during the pandemic, a local attorney and I did a one episode podcast uh, on some legal issues locally here in Georgia pertaining to some of the executive orders that were coming out. And it was with one of the paid podcast distributors. I forget the name of, I think Lisbon. And the credit card that I used to set up that account immediately got compromised. <laughs> and so I was, I was loath to go that route again. And then when Carl told me about Anchor, I, I got to looking at it and it actually has worked very, very well. I've been very pleased with it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's good. Those are, uh, seems like pretty simple um, going along and uh, you got an idea. You've got a, you know, something that people are interested in and you get a provider and starts, uh, start getting things uh, moving. Um, from there, 
what did you, uh, have you, uh, had much success as far as when it comes to sponsors and try and, uh, making your podcast into a revenue, uh, source? Uh, the only paid sponsor I have right now is anchor recording okay. their ads. I have had, uh, one firearms related business, uh, approach me about doing sponsorships for the show. And I have, I'm, I'm not fully versed in how to, you know, calculate ad rates, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not gone that route, but what anchor does allow is for individual listeners to become supporters of the show. And so far I have uh, gotten nine people who like the show enough that they are supporting the show. And I hope to put all of that revenue back into production value right now. All I'm doing is recording a zoom interview mm-hmm. and I take the audio from that zoom interview and I upload it to anchor and I upload the video to a YouTube channel, which is a very creative name. It's called Lee Weems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there's not a whole lot of production value. It's just me sitting in my kitchen, talking on zoom to friends in the firearms industry at this point in time. And it's basically, if we were having a phone call, it's just this on video now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recorded for uh, perpetuity. So people can listen to it or, and see it. Right. Um, you know, the big thing then becomes is what is your content going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, what my listeners are, the feedback that I'm getting is, you know, I chose to go into specifically topics as far as like discussing and comparing the various instructor programs out there. I wanted to create resources for someone was searching for information on how to become a firearms instructor. Okay. Now they've got information they can use to make the decisions as far as which certifications they pursue. Then we've been delving into most recently, a lot of historical context uh, of the development of firearms training. A recent episode with an individual named Gary Greco, uh, we went all the way back to Theodore Roosevelt in the 1880s, establishing what is probably the first known uh, codified firearms training program with the New York Police Department. If you're not aware of Theodore Roosevelt, prior to being president, prior to his charge up San Juan Hill, was actually the New York Police Commissioner. All right. mm-hmm. Then we trace, you know, trace that on through, you know, to Chief August Barmer, who set up another training program with the Berkeley, California Police Department when it was a charming little port town. And then, you know, we trace that all the way back up into, um, you know, the leather slaps and Jeff Cooper and then on to the modern era. Uh, we've also had another previous guest. I know Daryl bulky has been on your show. Yep. DB. Yep. Uh, DB, you know, was a West Coast cop. And so he came on, we did an entire episode on how the modern technique got from gun sight out to the LAPD and spread through LAPD and the surrounding metro areas out there. So we're spending a lot of time on, on the historical context and evolution of, of firearms training. And it's, you know, that content's a bit different than what you see in a lot or hear in a lot of the other podcasts. And, you know, I, I purposely go in on the more historical route and trying to give people a, a foundation of where all of this came from. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's really good. Um, I actually, we just, uh, handing my mood, we just recorded one on revolvers. And the main reason for that is, is because you go along and everything's striker fire these days. 
you got to understand where things kind of came from because just because it's a polymer frame, just because it's striker fire and it's not a double action revolver doesn't mean that it's anything different. You still have the same, same problems that you're trying to solve with it, but you've got to understand where it's coming from to really understand it. Um, another guest I've had on was um, Dave Spaulding and one, it was the beginning of 2021 when we started talking about uh, books that instructors should should read and they weren't all you know 2000 and, and beyond there were books from the 30s and 40s where he said these guys knew knew what a gunfight was and knew how to survive it and those are the things that you need to understand that even though the tools have changed the human being that's involved in those uh confrontations that in life and death situations it's still it's still the same this you know the brain still is processing information at the same rate as it did back in the 30s and 40s or back to the 1880s uh for the tools have changed but the brain and the people behind it are still you got still have the same problems still have the same kind of reaction times and that's uh, one of the things from a instructor standpoint is extremely useful in understanding because uh no matter uh, what the person's age is, uh, there's things that are going to be the same and getting them to uh, use a firearm properly and understand when, where, and how to use it properly. Yeah. And let's tie that to historical context. Mm -hmm. 1985 was the year when the LAPD switched from issuing revolvers to switching to issue semi-automatic pistols. So that's, you know, the rest of the country started following suit along that same time. So in the 80s and 90s is when you had the wholesale changeover from revolvers to semi-automatics and law enforcement and the general public to, you know, mm -hmm. followed along that trend. Um, I went to the police academy in 1999. I went to a regional academy that served 10 counties in northeast Georgia and then all of the municipalities in those 10 counties as well. There were two agencies at that time that were still issuing revolvers to their personnel. And those were if they worked in the jail. If they went to the patrol units, then they switched over to an automatic. Now there's nobody issuing revolvers as his primary firearm anymore. So you take a guy that's, you know, come of age, whether it be a law enforcement instructor or someone in the private sector that's come of age in the last 10 to 15 years they may have never had any real functional experience with a revolver. Mm -hmm. I, have I have personally been on the range when a state-certified law enforcement instructor was handed a revolver and he did not know how to open it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, yep. and now in law enforcement world, we contend that all of our classes are going to be, the students are going to have pretty much the same equipment. But in the private sector world, you're going to see anything and everything show up on the range and every caliber and, and in, be, in between, which makes it, uh, you've got to be a well-rounded instructor in order to understand how does a cult versus a Ruger revolver opens, uh, you know, what's the, what's the ammunition difference between a nine millimeter Browning and a nine millimeter Parabellum and the, all those little nuances in there, uh, really, really makes it challenging. Yeah, um, we, at the Sheriff's Office, we teach free classes for the citizens each spring. And when we have the citizens come to the range, we put all of their firearms on the table, and then we have them lay their ammunition next to their firearm. And it's not uncommon to see 357 SIG sitting next to a 357 Magnum or you know some sort of 
you know, 380 sitting next to a 38 uh, because people go to the ranges, you know, excuse me, go to a gun store or when you used to go to Walmart and well, it's 0.38 over here and that's 0.38 on that box. And as an instructor, you have to be aware of that. Uh, you know, everybody can look at a Smith & Wesson Model 10 or an old Victory model and go, well, that's obvious. That's a 38 Special. Well, we actually manufactured them in a different 38 caliber and sent them to England mm -hmm. you know, prior to our own entrance into the war. And then a lot of those came back and were reboard out to 38 Special. But they'll fire multiple different calibers of 38. And those are things that as instructors you need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. Some of the most interesting classes I've taught have been ones where people have come and it turns into a just, okay, here's how you hold it, your sights to all of a sudden, okay, let's let's do a quick education here on mm -hmm. what your case uh, stamp says and what, what you're actually firing. Uh, that nine millimeter browning is what is commonly known as a 380 round or a nine by 18 round. And right. that's, that's where it can get very uh, confusing because it's a nine millimeter browning. Well, if you don't know nine millimeter browning, nine millimeter parabellum are two different rounds. Um, you could right. be in, in a lot of trouble. Or nine millimeter Kurtz would go in that mm -hmm. same, same thing. Yeah. Well, nine, nine millimeter is uh, a very overused uh, term when you go along and you've got all, you got from nine by 25 all the way down to nine by 18, I think is the lowest to, that it goes to. And yeah, it's uh, get very confusing. If you just do nine millimeter, and don't, don't qualify it with Luger or Parabellum, things like that. And you get into 38, you get into that same spectrum. Yep. And the, and the 38s and the nines are almost the same size too, which uh, makes it right. even that much more confusing. If you know somebody who reloads, because you really got to be able to get a caliber out to be able to measure the difference between a nine millimeter round and a uh, 38 uh, caliber round. You know, and the, the 32 has kind of disappeared from modern usage, but Ruger is now producing the LCR and mm -hmm. I think 327 federal Magnum. Yep. Uh, well, it'll it'll shoot all of the other 32 caliber revolver rounds but if you have something in 32 short it's not going to shoot 27 federal magnum or 32 h and r magnum so those are things as an instructor you need to know and be watching out for definitely uh, those those are a lot of good things to keep people to be aware of. And I know that's one of the things I find interesting with your podcast is how you go back and delve into some of those topics that I mean, let's face it. Uh, it's even like the fireman trainers podcast. We pick the topics because nobody else is doing that kind of deep dive into it to help people understand the history or help people to understand uh, what it is to be a firearm instructor and how to expand their knowledge on those different topics. Yeah, there's a lot of gun reviews, a lot of equipment reviews, accessories, but when you get down to it and you're a brand new instructor, it's like, I've got my certification in front of me now. What do I do? And that's where uh, I like podcasting a lot because it really allows you to hone in on topic. It's not like it's a evening news where everybody's got to get, you know, their 30 seconds and then we switch on to the next topic and then we get sports here, weather, and then we're done. It's uh, you can podcast forever long you want to. Well, hey, Lee, how did you go along and build your market? Um, you know, I think probably most people up to this point were probably thinking, you know, I can record things. I don't mind being on Zoom. You know, we've used Zoom for business or for personal type of interactions. But how do I get people to actually like my podcast, like my videos, uh, and, and, and know, know that they exist out there? How, how did you get uh, first get started with that? 
Uh, I shared the links on Facebook and various gun forums, you know, trying to get some interest in the video in the videos and podcast. And that's actually where the request for the podcast came from, were people who were watching the videos and then asked for them in podcast format. Mine's been very organic. Um, I don't know how true this is. I found a web page that's you know basically gave a rundown of you know, if you're getting so many downloads in the first seven days and everything, you're in the top percentage wise or whatever. It took us, like I said, we've been going 30 something episodes now. We're averaging 280 plays on the podcast feed in a 30 day window. And uh, we're most episodes get uh, right around 200, a little more plays in the first seven days. Uh, to get to that took us probably 20 episodes before we really started hitting our stride. Uh, I don't know if that's common across the board uh, as far as if that's they grow that quickly or if that was a slow growth. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is finding that niche audience. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I have a joke that I tell with the, uh, you know, say on the, some of the episodes is share the links with all of your smart friends, but don't share it with the dumbass. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and just have been trying to grow it organically that way um yeah unfortunately you can attract your own problems if you grow really fast um, what i'm doing is so deep dive enough that it's just not going to attract the the you know the drive-by posters and commenters um and it's, it's you really got to be interested in the you know, the content that we're putting out to spend an hour and a half on how did this technique develop? Um, if you want to delve into things like gear and competition, it's going to be easier to go and audits, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just pulled up your uh, listen notes on your uh, podcast there in the top 10%. So that's, you're doing very good considering you've been around for what, a little over six months now? about that so yeah, that, yeah that's, six months that's uh great and um organic growth is probably the best way of doing it because people are talking about that you've got interesting topics and you're doing the right thing if you've actually got to pay people to listen to it or share it then uh, you probably aren't hitting the mark right as far as being able to have something that's going to last long term so. yeah the, the the only money i have invested in it so far is i have this 30 dollar headset that i actually bought for other purposes that I use for this. And I have a light that I put on my computer that, you know, for the videos. And I think I spent 10 bucks on that. Um, if you want to get into editing equipment, everything else like that, that that's going to be other expenses that you have. I just take the straight audio from the zoom recording and upload that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't have to be super technically proficient to accomplish this because I'm doing it completely by accident. <laughs> yeah. And and even if you want to do some of that, there's a lot of uh, like YouTube self-help uh, type of uh, uh, sites out there that will help you do the audio, help you come up with the, you know, unique music, uh-huh. all, all those kind of things. You really, if you really want to get into it, now you're a perfect example uh-huh. to where you don't have a lot of, uh, you know, production cost with it, but you're growing an audience at the same time, which is great. Uh-huh. Uh, one quick note on the, the sharing the links on Facebook. I have noticed that when I share the link to an actual episode or just to the show landing page in general, 
I get somewhere between you know, a high of 20 to 25 responses to like on my personal page. If I mention the show without a link attached to that, the responses jump into the 60s and 70s, like people either liking it or commenting it. So I don't know what, you know, whether Facebook or the other social media stuff is filtering that because there's something in all the stuff that triggers gun media. Um, but that's one thing for, for people that are interested in growing an audience to be aware of is either you may get limited in how you're able to share that content. Good, good note. Very good note to do it. Well, hey, Leah, something that probably scares some people, but how do you go along and find your guests for your podcast? Most of the guests that I have are people that I talk to on the phone on a regular basis. And we're bouncing ideas back and forth. And the Zoom phone calls are just, or excuse me, the Zoom interviews are simply, you know, the phone calls that we would normally have, we're just having them and inviting the internet in to listen to them or watch them. Uh, I do am recording an episode Wednesday night uh, that's going to be a tribute to Eldon Carl. And that was something that uh, one of the guests put me in touch with, the Mr. gentleman by the name of Jay Hohenhaus, who is the administrator of the Eldon Carl webpage. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, this episode, and you say, well, who was Eldon Carl? He was one of the five combat masters that was in the picture with Jeff Cooper at the old leather slap matches. And that's the kind of things that, that my show uh, delves into. Mm-hmm. So get on that wings guy and listen to that episode. And that came from uh, John Hearn, who has been a frequent guest on, on our show uh, and should be a, a guest on yours. Um, I'll take note of that and uh, <laughs> see, if, yeah, see if we can find a good uh, topic for him to come talk about. Sure. Um, you know, John was like, Hey, if you want to do an Eldon Carl episode, Jay Hohenhaus is who you need to contact. And so he was a member, Jay was a member of a group on Facebook that I'm a member of. And I saw him pop up uh, responding to somebody's post. I'm like, hey, that's the guy John Hearn uh, recommended. So I sent him a message or just replied to him. So, hey, if you'd like to do an episode, email me. And he did so. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of my friends in the training business will sometimes contact me. Hey, I got an idea for a show. And that's how it all comes together. I, lo- I love it when people call me with ideas because you sit there and rack your brain. Okay. Well, what's going to be interesting this week. But if somebody calls up and says, Hey, I got this idea for all of a sudden, like, yeah, that could be really interesting. Yeah. The, the episode, uh, my show's debut, uh, on the podcast feed at six o'clock Eastern time on Monday mornings. Uh, the episode that debuted this morning, um, uh, was recorded last night and the guest was David Cagle who I've attended classes with and he's been on episodes before well, my, my recording schedule got messed up this last week. And so I contacted Davis. like, Hey, can you do an episode tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I can. I said, great. What topic is it going to be? And, <laughs> and David came up with the topic. Um, so no, that's, that's one thing great when you're doing your own podcast, you don't have to, you know, have a committee approve it or anything else like that. You can literally, uh, right. you know, Hey, let's record this now. Right. Uh, your fellow uh, Concealed Carry Network, Brian Eastridge and I are, are, are friends, and we occasionally bounce stuff off of each other. And he'll come on my show. I'll go on his show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we try to help each other out with that as well. 
Yeah, I'm actually yeah. on his show tomorrow night, so we'll see. Oh, cool. I'm, I don't know if it'll be out this week or uh, next week, but it'll probably be out real soon with uh, Brian and me talking about a fun topic. There you go. Um, the guys with the Evolution Security Podcast, um, mm-hmm. they were kind enough to invite me on, on their show, and we've stayed in contact and have been sharing information. I, I hope to stay in contact with you and, and, and share information and so we can all help each other along. You know, if we all look at each other as colleagues, Instead of competitors, we can build a network of product that, you know, not necessarily a formal network, but we're not having, we're not having to fight over audience. We can all help each other grow. Well, and we're hitting unique topics. And I think that's, you know, really, really the value of podcasting. I'm not going to fool myself into thinking that everybody's going to listen to every single one of my episodes, but the one thing I've gotten into that we're up into the... 150 ish, uh, kind of cat, uh, uh, podcast now is there's plenty of topics on there that somebody who's interested can start searching and find things that are interested in the one thing I've taken that is really, uh, I think kind of humbling is I focus this on instructors, but I've also heard of, there's been a lot of topics that, uh, just concealed carriers have listened to just because it's, it's been relative topics. I mean, obviously we've, we've talked a little bit about instructor side of things, but they, they also get a lot of value from it, which is okay. I didn't see that happening, but at the same time, I'm not going to you know say you can't listen to it. And that's where it becomes really complimentary when you go along and start looking at all the different podcasts. You know, I listen to half a dozen different podcasts myself every week. And that's where, um, you know, you find, ideas from it you also help kind of round yourself out because you, you learn a little bit from each one of them and that's what makes makes i think everybody a, a little better rounded individual to understand who who everybody else is and you know as you said we're complementary to one another yeah i download probably seven or eight maybe even more than that on a weekly basis and listen to them throughout the week and uh, some of them i save for when i'm going to be on long trips and listen to them then. And that's one of the other things that if you're if you know, you're listening to this and you're thinking about you know generating content, you don't have to do super long episodes. You can do a 10-minute episode or you can focus on, you know, I want to keep everything 10 minutes, or I want to be 30-minute episodes, or you know, I want to be long play, an hour and a half, you know, episodes. Uh, there's one that records every Friday night that they typically are like two and a half to three hours. That's a long play uh, format. Yeah, and it just what it's just who you're trying to reach and what are you trying to to say? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and this is on demand entertainment and education. And so you're not limited to you know like a radio format where I've got to have commercial breaks every seven minutes and and do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if I have an episode that runs long, it goes 140, you know, an hour and 45 minutes. Well, then that one just went an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great thing about podcast episodes. Hey, quick question for you, Lee. Mm-hmm. Who's been your most interesting guest so far? Oh, wow. Um, well, that's put me on the spot because everybody that's been on the show <laughs> for so far is a personal friend. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, they're friends, yeah. but, but who's been the most interesting? Or maybe you've delved into a, a topic deeper than you hadn't really thought about before or something else like that. Well, a, gr- a group of us uh, fellow instructors, uh, and these are going to be all names that your audience is going to be familiar with, uh, Daryl Bolke, 
his partner, Wayne Dobbs, mm-hmm. uh, John Hearn, who we've already mentioned, David Cagle, who we've already mentioned, uh, a gentleman whose name I can't mention because his work doesn't allow his name to be on social media, uh, John Holson, who is a very, very you know, prolific trainer up in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we all went to a class with the venerable Larry Mudgett, who was you know, a very famous LAPD officer. Uh, this, this summer, we went to a class with Larry in uh, in Utah and we basically took his basic class. So if you had a group of brand new shooters rolling in, how would you teach them basic marksmanship skills? Mm-hmm. And so we went through the class as, you know, beginning students. Now he did throw in instructor tips along the way for us, but he also rounded up someone who had never fired a gun to be a student in the class so that we would get to see a student being exposed to the material the first time. And then we did two episodes based on that show. And so everyone that, that was part of that group, uh, except for the individual who can't be on social media, we did two episodes based on that show. And those have been my favorite two so far. Very neat. Very neat. I know, uh, I've got a few of them that I've had that I think are just really special and, um, you, for whatever reasons that they just kind of come up just like you and doing that training comes up and it's like, they're kind of special. Everybody's special that comes on, but certain ones stand out. Well, I do have to, because it's a running joke amongst uh, a bunch of us friends. I do have to mention Eric Gellhouse. Uh, so I can, I can take my drink now because I've mentioned Eric Gellhouse and I am drinking <laughs> water for your audience. Well, thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) I I can tell you're aware of the inside joke when you started Mm -hmm. laughing when I mentioned his name. Uh, Eric's a great friend, uh, a cop out in California. He's been on several episodes as well. And it's always just because I'm talking to all my friends. And so it's fun. Yep. That that does make it fun. Well, hey, put you on spot one more time, uh, Lee. Mm -hmm. You have a instructor, a book that you would recommend to our our audience that maybe they should search out as somebody they should. train with sooner rather than later to improve their, their, uh, training and understanding. Yes. I will point the audience to a book called shooting by J Henry Fitzgerald. Uh, it was published, I want to say in 1929, uh, Mr. Fitzgerald was a New York state trooper who was hired by the Colt firearms company to go around. He's like the first traveling trainer. And he went around to agencies, basically helping them set up training programs and he was the inventor of the Colt silhouette that many people will be familiar with. Um, the most telling thing that I found about his book, and it's published in 1929, it goes into gun control arguments. <laughs> and they're not new. They were around in 19. Well, if the book was published in 29, it was probably written in 27 or 28. Um Every argument that you could have right now in a gun store, on Facebook, in a gun forum, anything like that, he hashed out in a book published in 1929. You know, if you wanted to you know, argue semi-automatic versus revolver, it's in there. Just substitute iron sights versus red dots when you read it in there. Yeah. None of this is new. We're in, we're, you know, Tom Givens talks about we're, we're always in a 15 to 20 year cycle where things come come back around again. The mm-hmm. one thing that seems to be, um, you know, improving is like the sighting technology. That's the one constant thing that seems to be always improving. But guess what? 
in that picture, in that book, there's a picture of a rudimentary red dot site in the 1920s. <laughs> it's not new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the quote I really like in my personal life to tell people is those, those people that do not understand history are doomed to repeat it. And that's, again, one of those things, go back to those old books and everything to realize that, hey, people had thoughts about this. Maybe they couldn't machine it to the precision we have today, but they you know, understood things of what, what they needed to do and how, how they needed to do it type of thing. So, yeah, very interesting. Hey, you know, in 1918, we had a pandemic sweep across the country. In 1919, we had race riots sweep across the country. In 2020, we just got both. Mm-hmm. Roughly a century you know, come along mine. And then, you know, people don't know the historical context that we've been here before. Mm-hmm. Yep. And 1918 was, you know, end, end of the world war one, you know, uh-huh. at the end of a war. And now we're here we're in 2021 we're end of, you know, our longest, uh, uh, war in our history. So yeah, well, it's, uh, very, very many similarities. Well, one that I hope doesn't come true is in that same time period. And in the last century, uh, Haiti's president was de- was deposed, and we end up occupying Haiti for a twenty year period. Well, Haiti's president just got deposed, you know, a few weeks ago. So we can skip that one, guys. Yeah, it's, that's a no win situation. I think uh, very very ugly. Well, hey, Lee, where can instructors find more about you, the classes that you're teaching, and your podcast? Well, my uh, business webpage is firstpersonsafety.com. That's a play on the whole first-person shooter thing. The hardest thing about starting a business was coming up with a good name, and it was so hard that I couldn't do it. Um, but just go to firstpersonsafety.com, and you'll find um, all the information as far as my class listings and um, more about my background and biography and um, a lot of philosophical stuff, as well as class reviews for where I have attended classes with other instructors and written reviews on those. Um uh, the podcast, just search for that Weems guy and you will find it. And that's that Weems is spelled W E E M S and then guy. And you can get that. There's links to it on the first person safety.com webpage. And so that's where you can get to just pretty much anything. Okay. And I'll make sure we put links for that in the uh, show notes. So for anybody who uh, can't write that down because they're driving right now, they can uh, look in the show notes and uh, connect uh, with you uh, later on. So appreciate your time tonight, Lee. Have have a good one. Thank you, sir. Enjoyed it. As a wrap on this episode, and let's announce this week's podcast prize winner. This week's winner is Kevin, and he won a draw like a pro course. Next week, we are giving away a Pitbull Tactical Magazine Carrier, something I use myself. So, Kevin, if you're out there, be on the lookout for an email from concealedcarry.com. Visit podcast.concealedcarry.com to enter in for the weekly prize giveaway. Remember to enter in each week because your entries do not carry over from week to week. Also, check out our website where you can search for various topics from how to get started with a website to earning extra money through affiliate marketing. Give any ideas for new episodes, suggestions and guests to have, or feedback please email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Check out the other concealedcarry.com podcast, the original concealedcarry.com podcast with Riley Bowman and Matthew Marister, and the off-duty, on-duty podcast with Brian Eastridge. Visit our sponsors, especially the Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. 
Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. We bring this podcast to support the industry. The Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.